This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. started sharing it in our community, and I've ended up having conversations with people in town that don't come to our church at all that have were stretched from the messages of game plan. Well, that series, believe it or not, where we're coming into that series, it was segueing into this. On Point has been something I've been looking forward to for a while. And this series, um, not, to, not to go down this road too far, but this series actually was birthed in my heart at my dad's eulogy. Uh, on the day of my father's funeral, I spoke his eulogy. And that entire eulogy, after chewing on it for a while and really thinking about it, it birthed into a sermon series. And I cannot wait to share with you this own point series, and this is kind of the walk away, okay? This is what it means, the reason for the, for the archery example, the bullseye example through the video is this. God has a plan for your life in such a way that you were designed, you were divinely designed to make a difference. And I want to show you through the scriptures how you can leave a legacy, how you can make an impact, how you can leave this world, whether it be today or hopefully much longer than shorter. I want you to live a long, blessed life. But whenever you leave this world, I want it to be said of you that you made a difference in the world that you live. And all of this is found in the book of Jude, chapter number 1, verse 22 And my first week, today is the first Sunday, so my part number one is making a difference in your world. Now let's look at Jude 1 and 22. And some have compassion, making a difference. Someone say making a difference. Now when I say making a difference in the world, that kind of gets overwhelming. I know it does to me because what a big world. So we're going to shrink it down. We're going to fine-tune it to making it personal, making a difference in your world. And here's what I know. Your world is, is not mine. My world is not yours. Most likely the one in front of you or behind you, you're, you're coming from different worlds. Now, we all connect in the church family relationship But when you get into that Ford pickup or you get into that minivan and you leave today, you're going back to your world. And I want to show you that the plan of God for your life is for you to make an impact, for you to change, for you to make a difference in your world. So let's get started today, okay? My world, it it changed overnight on August 1st, 1998. Because that's the day that I pulled into Fort Worth. And my world got bigger. Some of you might know I grew up in a real small little town in southwest Louisiana by the name of DeRitter, Louisiana. And it was the capital seat of Beauregard Parish. And at that time, Beauregard Parish only had about 10,000 people in the whole parish. You would know it to be a county. It was a small county with a smaller even capital. And everywhere we would go, we would know somebody. You couldn't go anywhere without running into someone. One day, I chose to skip school, one of my only 300. And 
I chose to skip school, and when you grow up in small country towns like I grew up, you didn't, you didn't skip school to go to the movies. We didn't have a movie theater that was, that was available. So what we did, we skipped school. We went hunting because that's what just old crazy southwest Louisiana rednecks do. Our idea of a wild day skipping school, baby, we went hunting. Well, after we were hunting, we went to eat lunch. And lo and behold, if I didn't walk into one of about three total restaurants in the whole town, I walked into the very restaurant that my dad would be eating lunch in. It was a small world. Well, my dad would make such an impression on my friends because he bought all of our lunch that day. And my friends thought, your dad's the coolest dude ever. I said, you have no idea what he's up to. So, of course, when I got home, I found out that was just a setup. For a beat down. It was a small world. My world changed when I moved to Fort Worth. I'll never forget the day. I pulled into town with a little Isuzu rodeo. Anybody remember the Isuzu rodeos? It was slick, man. It was a stick shift. I had an aftermarket CD player. It was hot. And I had the biggest, uh, I'm sorry, the smallest the smallest U-Haul trailer they would rent me. It was a little bit bigger than this little top on this pulpit. Had a couple duffel bags, three or four golf clubs, and an arsenal of fire, firearms from southwest Louisiana. So came into Fort Worth, and I pulled onto the church parking lot, and there's nobody. It was, a, it was a, a, a midday. There's nobody around, just a handful of cars. But then I pulled over near the Blackstock Center, as we call it, in that area, and there were a ton of vehicles. And I thought, what's going on? It's the middle of the day. And I pulled up, and there was a little porta-cache, and I pulled under that little, little carport, porta-cache area, and I looked through the glass windows on that door, and I saw about 30 boys playing basketball in the middle of the day. And I thought, holy smokes, what a cool church. It's got a gymnasium. This is incredible. I felt like I've just moved to, you know, New York City. And it was so cool. One shortly thereafter, Bishop Ron, at that time senior pastor, Ron asked me if I would go to Carswell Air Force Base. And he wanted me to go over there and represent the church because one of the men in the church was being given an award at the Air Force Base. So I said, sure. And he goes, now you need a plan. It's, it's, about, it's about 30 minutes over there. And I thought, my gosh, 30 minutes? We used to take vacations that were 30 minutes away. Down to Lake Charles or, or, or boy, we would really step out big time, man. Dad would save up his money and we would, we would pack for two or three days to go to an hour away location. And here I am going 30 minutes away just for an award ceremony. I got lost in this big crazy city and I ended up being out on I-30 and I pulled over up to a gas station over off of Cherry and on I-30. And I walked in, I said, ma'am, I'm... I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you, I have no idea where I'm at, where I'm going. I'm supposed to go to Carswell Air Force Base. Here I was in suit and tie. I was ready. The preacher had come to town. And from behind me, I heard, hi, Brother Tommy. Good Lord, the Holy Spirit's in the gas station. And I turn around, and it's my good friend Billy Hall from our church. He's a railroad employee, and he, he was standing there, and he said, 
man, I've met you just recently at church. You're our, 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 one of our new guys at the church staff. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, where are you trying to get? And he helped this little fella find his way. I realized my world had gotten a lot bigger. It grew. My world changed not many months after that in May of 99. Because until then, my world consisted of just one person. That was me. Me, me, me. And God brought my hot Latina goddess, Dinora Yolanda Lopez, into my life. And I hoodwinked her, boys. I just kind of gave her the wink and told her I was worth millions of dollars. And I told her that what you're seeing is a facade. I truly am six foot and ripped. And she said, yes. And my world grew bigger. It went from me, me, me to you, you, you. And all the men said, amen. It went from me to you, 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 you. And then we had kids. And my world grew even more. It went from me, me, me to you, you, you to you. Now I've got two girls. And lo and behold, if we've not made my world even bigger now, we have a little dog. It's out of control at the Brandon house. But I've, 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 I've been overwhelmed at how God's expanded my world. This church, its world got bigger over 10 years ago. Close to 12 years ago now, this church chose to move itself from an organizational mindset of our four and no more to a mindset that was scripturally sound. Whosoever will, let him come and drink from the well of life freely. And for a preacher, it went from just knowing a small group of people where we would just get so excited over just a handful of guests To a new world today where it just seems the rapid growth. And here this service was just started on Easter. And there's so many of you that I'm still just getting to know. Our 10 o'clock service today. It wasn't standing room only. But it was well into the 85 to 88. Maybe even 90% of capacity at the 10 o'clock. Our world got bigger. The purpose of these little stories is this. No matter how small you feel your world is, maybe you're like me and you just kind of know everybody in your little world and you don't really know much outside that. Or maybe you've been promoted to manager and your world's bigger now. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been working on your doctorate degree and, and now you've written your final thesis and your world's about to get bigger. Maybe You're single and you're engaged and soon to be married. Your world will get bigger. Maybe you're expecting a child. Your world's going to get bigger. All of us in this room, at some point or another, more than likely, we're going to have some extensions of our world. My point of this sermon, this series, and especially today, is that God's plan for you has never changed. Whether you were the kindergartner, or whether you were the freshman, or whether you're the doctorate degree, or whether you're now a family with three or four kids, God's plan is for you to change and make a difference in your world. And God's not going to put you in such a big world without you being equipped and ready to make an impact on that world. It's almost like a racehorse. 
God's the jockey. And he holds you back until you're ready to explode with another furlong. And once you get released, you're, he, he's not going to put you into Fort Worth from DeRitter until he knows it's part of the plan. He's not going to take you from single to married until he knows it's part of the plan. Are y'all with me so far? God's got a plan for your life. So whatever season you're in, make a difference in your world. Well, as I've told you, that through my dad's passing and through my speaking at his funeral, and then the words spoken to me post his funeral. This is the content of the series of which it came. If you want to make a difference in your world, I'm going to share a few things that without question will make a difference. The first of which is by far my favorite of the day. And that is, if you want to make a difference in your world, if you want to attract people, if you want to leave an impact, if you really want to play a role in advancing and blessing and stretching people, have a sense of humor. I love amen followed with chuckles. That's a dream phrase of mine. Amen. <laughs> That's life at the fullest for me. Have a sense of humor. This is what the Bible says, Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. If you want your day to go better, if you want your world to improve, have a sense of humor. Now, if you took your cholesterol medicine today, I'm so grateful. If you took your blood pressure medicine, that's awesome. But a lot of you, you need some medicine that a pharmacist can't give you. You need a joyful heart. So, thanks for coming today. Here's my gift to you to cheer you up a little bit. Just make that gift. Some of you needed that more than you need lunch. Have a sense of humor. That little dude will be mayor. Laughter, it's medicine. Joyful heart is medicine for the soul. I'm telling you, if you want to leave an impact in life, if you want to make a difference in your world, be someone that people want to be around. People don't want to be around you if you don't know how to laugh a little bit. Here's how I know the Bible says, it continues to say, Proverbs 17, 22, once again, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. 
Nobody wants to be around a dried up, a, 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 a uh, stiff, without flexibility type of per- person. Everyone wants to be around someone that's flexible, that's loose, that's free, that's fun. Can I make a deal with you today? If you will have a sense of humor, you will never go another day of your life without a friend. If you're looking for friends, learn to laugh a little bit. Now, I've got my phone, and, and I'm just like you. My, my phone does ring often, but whenever I pick my phone up to dial somebody, if I want to go to lunch with somebody, and, and, and no one's called me, but if I'm picking up the phone to dial somebody to go on vacation, to take a trip, or to go eat with, or get a cup of coffee with, I'm not calling anybody that I've got to work so hard to get them to smile. Who am I calling? Somebody that's going to make me laugh. Somebody that's going to make me get tickled. Somebody that's got a good funny joke for me. If I'm calling somebody, I'm calling somebody that I want to be around. Well, guess what? If you'll be somebody that people want to be around, your phone will ring, baby, ring, baby, ring. It will always ring because you'll always be in demand. If you're wondering why your phone's not ringing, there it is. Start being somebody that people want to be around. Have a little humor about you. I grew up in the house, in the home rather, of a man that knew how to be funny. Now most of his jokes couldn't be told in public, but they were priceless. And the humor that I witnessed at my dad's eulogy, most of the time people would say, I loved your dad. God, he made me laugh. Hey everyone. This is what the Bible continues to say. Proverbs 15, 13, a glad heart, a heart that's full of joy, a heart that's full of laughter. Guess what it says? Makes a cheerful face. So if you want to know if you have a sense of humor, just look in the mirror. Just look at the one next to you. How about that? That's kind of funny. Just have a sense of humor and change the countenance on your face and let not the sorrow of the heart be crushed. Make a difference in your world by bringing a smile to your world. Here's a second thing for you. Be someone that not only has a sense of humor, but be someone that has a dream. People want to be around other people that have dreams. Big dreams, not goal setting. Goal setting is one thing. Goal setting is something that all of us should be doing. I'm a believer in it. Write down your daily goals, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually goals. Write them down. Check them off once achieved. If you don't have a goal set, man, you got to come up with some goals. Even if it's just, i got to go to Kroger and get some milk. Check the goal off. Reach your goal. I just sparked someone's memory that you're out of milk. Write it down. Check it off. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about dreams dreams. Where do they come from? Well, I, I'm going to read you a scripture that maybe you've never, never read it in this tone. It's Psalms chapter number 34, 37 and verse 4. Psalm 37 and verse 4. And I'm going to read it from the ESV. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
the dreams of your heart. Now watch this. Most of the time, and maybe I shouldn't assume you, but most of the time when I hear that God's going to give the desires of Tommy's heart, I, I, I guess I just receive it as God's going to give it to me. God's going to produce it for me. And I believe that, but I want you to hear a different way of reading it. Delight yourself in the Lord. God's going to reveal God's going to show you, God's going to deposit into you, God's going to impart to you, God's going to, God's going to give you your dreams. Now here's why it's critical to hear it this way. Everybody listen to me. It's not a big enough dream if you can make it happen. I'm talking about the kind of dream that can only happen if God gets involved. And people want to be around people that dream big dreams. Just recently in a board meeting in our church, I had a fascinating exchange with our board members. We started talking about the seating capacity of this building and that we're, we're into our, our, our several months now into this third service. And the 10 o'clock is at X amount of people on average and this one's averaging X amount of people. And we just started looking at, you know, what, what do we do when what's next? How are we going to multiply that 10 o'clock because it's getting to the point where something's going to, it, what do we do? And we started talking about the, the seating capacity and the plan and, and all about goals, right? We're going to set goals and we're going to have plans. And, and when they started talking about the, the money of what it's going to require for, for this and that, I started saying, oh, no, 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 we'll just do multiple services because I started thinking pressure. I started thinking money. And I had a board member that was in the second service today. I'll, I won't tell you who he is, but he's married to Jan Finn. And he said, he said, hey. And I said, what? He said, you're the man of God with faith. Why are you speaking like we can't do this? And I said, I'm not, I'm not saying we can't. I'm just saying we really need to think through this. That's a lot of money you're wanting to spend. And he's like, listen, dream big dreams. And I thought, You've been in my sermon notes, and I'm going to the bathroom because I don't like you right now. <laughs> he says, you tell us to, you know, Galen Ross speaks up. Yeah, preacher, you know, you're kind of all about this faith stuff. You say you're a faith preacher. I'm not seeing that right now. I'm like, slow down. You're talking about a lot of money. And y'all aren't going to be the ones up there getting the bow and arrow shot at you for trying to raise it. Here's the thing. If it's worth dreaming, put the pressure on God. Some of you, the reason you're selling yourself short on not allowing God to give you your dream is because you think when God gives you the dream that you're going to be the one held accountable to reach the dream. If God gives you the dream, if let's, let's say it this way. If God gives you the vision, God's going to give you the provision. If God gives you the dream, he'll tend to the business to get it worked out. So what I'm trying to get across is if you want to hit your bullseye in life, if you want to live a life that's on point, if you want to make an impact in your world, be someone that doesn't walk around in fear, walk around in faith, and encourage everybody you see, let's dream bigger. Let's pray bigger prayers. Let's, let's put the pressure on God because God can handle the vision and the provision if we'll just follow in line and accept him at his word. Can I get an amen? Why don't we clap our hands to that, that little point right there. Do you believe that this morning? I know I believe that over my life. Here's, 
Here's what the word of the Lord says about it. This is too good for me not to, not to mention. Uh, if uh, Proverbs 29 and 18, you're going to be more familiar with the King James Version that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Remember that? Well, let's read it in the message. I love how it says, if people can't see what God is doing. In other words, God's wanting to give you the vision. God's wanting to give you a dream. But if you can't see by your faith's eye what God is doing, this is what the Bible says. If you can't see what God's doing, people stumble all over themselves. They just stumble all over themselves. They make a mess out of their marriage. They make a mess out of their kids. They make a mess out of their job. They make a mess out of their money. Why? Because God's trying to give them a dream. And they're not willing to look at the dream that God's trying to reveal to them. They're still reaching goals. They're goal-oriented, not faith, dream, vision, prayer-oriented. They're just going to get milk at Kroger. That's a success. They're not willing to go all in and let God give them a vision and a dream for their life. It says they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God's revealing, they are most blessed how big are your dreams man what are you dreaming for is do you consider your dreams attainable even on your weakest effort well that's not a dream what are you dreaming for the next time you're in your bed at night before you actually go to sleep ask God take away the dreams of tacos don't allow me to dream of shooting a big deer don't allow me the dream of trading in the dog. Instead, holy Lord, give me your dreams for my life. And when you drift off to sleep, may the Holy Spirit give you vision for what you are being called to do. Because I promise you this, if you'll attend to what he's revealing, the Bible says that's where the blessings come from. But most of us are attending to what we're thinking and not to what he's revealing. Someone say amen. Let me give you one more real quick. We're going to have a sense of humor. People want to be around people that are fun. We're going to have a dream. People want to be around people of faith. But here's a big one. If you want to make an impact in your world and, and make a difference in your world, Increase your world. Increase your circle of love. Now, I spent a lot of my ministry early on with a, with a I'm okay with just this little world mindset. Because they look like me, they smell like me, they talk like me, they walk like me, they think like me, they do everything I do and I them as well. And I'm good with this. Anyone that's outside of my world, they, I, I got to keep them at arm's length. I don't trust them. I don't know them. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I need to. Somebody lock up the kids. We have somebody that we don't know. If you want to make a difference in your world, broaden your base. Here's the big secret of making a difference in your world. Are you ready? Most of us spend our lives looking for someone to pull us up. And God's saying, I've equipped you to pull someone else up. We get trapped into the mindset that we need someone else to call us. 
And God's saying, I've given you a few numbers in your phone. Call them. Every single one of us have experienced junior high where we want to be in that circle. Man, I want to be with those kids. I got to get into that group. And we've all experienced that is, an, that is a tight circle that I can't get in. And, we, and we just, it just beats us down. God is saying to you, somebody wants in your circle. You don't realize it, but they're looking into your circle. And they really want in your circle. And God's saying, take down the wall. Open the door. Allow other people into your circle. Someone said that you're only as... Uh, you're only as smart as the circle you run in. How many of you know that we could get a little smarter? <laughs> Someone else said, if you're the smartest one in your circle, you need a new circle. Other people have said, birds of a feather, they flock together. Someone else said, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So whether you want grandma's version, if you want pastor's version, at the end of the day, you're going in the direction of those you're running with. There's no soft coating. There's no easy way around it. This is not just for our students. This is for our parents. This is for those above us. You are going in the direction of those you're running with. So if you're going to invest your time in a circle that's about this deep, this is how deep you'll spend your life. If you're willing to invest your time in circles this deep, this is how deep you're going to be. My question is, how deep do you want life to get? How rich, how full, how blessed do you want your life to be? Because you need to start bringing different people into your circle to have a broader insight. Oh my goodness, there's men and women in this church that you were sent to my life by God. How do I know that? Because the first 10 minutes of speaking with you, I learned things I've never known. And if it were not for me meeting you, I probably wouldn't have known them. Now, how much do you know that other people need? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just trying to help you live life on point. You were not put on this earth to always be in the need position. You were put in this life with needs that God can meet. And also the Bible says men shall give into your bosom. Men shall give you insight, wisdom, understanding. Men will bless you. But can I tell you what? You were also put into this life to be the source of blessing to someone else. Increase your circle. The Bible puts it this way. Let's read this here real quick. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. 18, 24, out of the same book, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. But my favorite scripture in this point is found in Proverbs 22 and 11 in the NLT. Somebody needs to catch these two highlighted issues. Ready? Watch this. Whoever loves a pure heart, everyone say a pure heart. Whoever loves a pure heart, now say this, and gracious speech. Pure heart, gracious speech. Pure motives. Pure heart. The real deal. Words of blessing, words of life, gracious speech. Guess who you're going to bring into your circle. The Bible says they that have a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. 
Let's change the way we're living and let's change the way we're speaking and we will instantly bring into our circle the king. And that can go one of two ways, the king of kings by faith, amen, but also people of influence, people of wisdom, people of of, of insight, people of intellect. We all want kings in our circle. Do you realize you're just one person away from everything changing in your life? Just one person. There are people in this room right now that everything they have of material blessing, they can trace it back to one person. One one introduction. One conversation. One person called a, a favor in and got them hired at that company. One person opened the door of opportunity for them. Could you be? Could you be the one person that changes someone's life forever? Will you make a difference in your world? And my final aiming point for you today is if you want to make a difference in your world, start giving away what you want to be given. If you want something, you have to give it first. Pastor Tommy, you're going to have to pray over our marriage, man. i got to get that woman to respect me. You know I'm the head of this house. Are you respecting her? If you will give, you'll receive. How do you know? Because if you sow, you shall reap. That which you give, it shall come back to you. I need honor shown to me. Are you showing honor? I need them to forgive me. Have you forgiven? I need the love. Are you loving? I need the help. Are you helping? Here's what we all fall victim to. I don't care what your age, your gender, your racial background. I don't care what social class you grew up in. All of us want more than what we're willing to give. And it's in complete conflict of the word of God. Our Heavenly Father wanted a church. So he gave his only begotten son. The ultimate sacrifice of all forgiveness of sin for humanity's cause. And he established the truth that whatever you will sow, the seed of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, became the very harvest That will one day be called up into the rapture. The church of the living God. Spotless with that wrinkle. Every single one of us in this room. If you want whatever it is you want. If you'll be willing to give. How do we know this? Well let's look into scripture. Proverbs 11.25. A generous person will prosper. But here's the bigger one. Reading out of the NIV. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Let me tell you an incredible story in closing today. Jeff, you can come help me close. Let me tell you an incredible story. A pastor that pastors a very, 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 very large church. Very large. Well into the 20s of thousands. I was really lucky to be able to meet him and spend some time with him. This went down in his office. It's, it, you just don't get an appointment with him. It's one of those type of ministries that 
You, just, you, you don't high-five him. It's just different. It's just a different setup, different model. But a lady was ended up, gotten an appointment with him, and sitting on his couch, she just opened up and shared it all. She's going to leave her husband. She's going to leave her kids. She's going to leave her job. She's going to leave the church, and she's leaving God. She's done. She's about to have a breakdown. She's checking out. I don't recall the story being that she was going to take her life, but it was heading that way. I mean, this, is, this, this woman is it's about to break. She's at her breaking point. Stress, anxiety. She's done. She takes out her journal with a pen, and she says, okay. She's wiping tears. Okay, I'm ready. What, what, what do you have for me? And he never opens his Bible. And he says, you need to bake some cookies. What? You need to bake some cookies. You want me to bake you cookies? No, not for me. You need to bake some cookies. You need to take an entire day. And you need to go to the children's hospital. And then when you're done, you need to go across town to the nursing home. And you need to go room to room. And you need to give every single person in a bed a cookie. She got up and walked out angry. Grabbed her handbag, her cell phone. And for three straight weeks, one of the more faithful church attenders, she never came back to church. And the pastor confessed, well, I probably screwed this up. I really felt like it was important that she hear me, but I guess not. Fourth Sunday back, she came in. And he happened to bump into her in the breezeway of the office area. Like most pastors, he didn't know how to handle it, so he just handled it. He just said, How's things at home? And she held her head down. And with a snarl, she said, I baked the cookies. He said, oh, you did? I delivered them. You did? And she looked up. And she got a big grin on her face. And she said, I've never been happier in my life. Let me help you. There's not one person in this 1130 service no one, no one, none of you. I don't care what your name is and where you came from. None of you. I don't care if you've been in this church longer than me. None of you have the right to spend another day in self-pity, whining and complaining about your world. If you want your world to change, change your world. But most people want the cookie brought to them. Meanwhile, God's called you to get into the kitchen, bake some cookies, and bring people into your circle. Love on somebody else for once. Get out of that crazy, jacked-up mindset that everything's about you. It's not about you. It's about people. The happiest people on the planet Earth whether they're believers in Christ or not, are people that live for other people's blessing. Why do we have dream team fairs? To get you off yourself onto other people. Why do we have mission Sundays? You know, at the end of this month, October, it's our big mission Sunday, and we're going to raise a whole bunch of money. Guess where it goes? Not for bills, not for salaries, 
not for new projects. Every single penny raised on the last Sunday of October in the missions offering, every penny, it's out. It goes elsewhere. It blesses other people. Because Calvary's learned over about 30 years that this church remains blessed because we include other people in our circle. And last year, we went well over into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And can I just, matter of fact, let's just take a moment. I want to tell you something that, 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 that's really big. It's, this is bigger than you realize. Most people make quick, quick pledges in missions. Most people say, yeah, I'll, I'll pledge $100 a month. Most people do that, and it lasts for about a month. This church, last year, in my last board meeting, we realized the firm numbers. Over 85% of all commitments made this past Mission Sunday, uh, Mission Sunday of 17, over 85%, almost 88% of all missions commitments made were kept. You know why? That's good. That's awesome. Thank you. Want me to tell you why they were kept? Because it's, we're starting to get it. It doesn't happen overnight. We're going to keep preaching it, keep teaching it, keep driving the nail. We're going to keep swinging the hammer. That when you get your focus off of you, you will realize that God's put you into your world to make a difference in your world. And guess what happens? When you're blessing your world, you're blessed because it's your world. You're investing in yourself by investing in others in your world. You know, for many years, I don't know, maybe someone else could help me with this. I'm thinking we're probably into about our 10th year that we've always set the number at $117 per family for missions giving. We just need everybody to give $117 one time. You know, our staff got together and we started looking at it. And we're, we're removing that. We're taking that limit off. And I'm so grateful to our pastoral team for bringing to my attention this incredible scripture. Of course, I knew the scripture, but the, the, the translation, the translation of 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 in the NIV, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart. What you've decided in your heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So the last Sunday of October, we're going to have an own point offering that every single penny is going to go. And it's going to be a budget for 12 months. And last year we were well over 100 grand. This year is going to be bigger and greater because we're not going to set a ceiling on you. Whatever you want to do. So many of you are team players so that's what you want I'll give that to you I, I want you to give what God speaks to you because it's going to be enough whatever God says that's going to be just fine because I got trust in God and we're going to meet the needs of our community our nation and global missions efforts somebody say amen let's stand together today can we just before we go home just kind of clap our hands to Jesus one more time Thank you.
before I pray over you, you can leave our lights in the same setting they are. Before I pray over you, I got to tell you what the bullseye is for me every day. Part of my calling, yeah, raising money for missions. It's part of the job. Part of my calling, calling and checking on the sick, visiting those in the hospital. That's part of my job. But can I tell you that my real heart, the bullseye, all of that stuff are like circles on the target. And thank God anytime I can hit the target. But there's a bullseye. And the bullseye is this right here. Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ and fully surrendered your life to Him? Is He the Lord? Because if He's not the Lord of all, He's not the Lord at all. You can't make Him the Lord over a few hand-selected things. Is He the Lord of your life? If he's not, I would count it the ultimate pleasure of my life to be able to pray with you right now and lead you to Jesus and let you leave here knowing that you've hit the bullseye today. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're in a position and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you need to repent of your sin. And you need to invite Jesus into your heart as Savior. You need to make him the Lord of all. Would you raise your hand tall and strong right now? I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Lift it up where I can see it real, just real tall. I see you right back there. That's one, two, three. Wow, four and five. Is there anyone? Six, do you have your hand lifted up where I can see it now? For those that have your hands lifted, I believe there's about six of you. My words for you today, feel free to repeat them, but you have to speak them from your heart. This is your world that we're speaking about. Speak it from your heart. If you really mean it, let it come out with faith. Dear Lord Jesus, You've gotten my attention today. I sincerely repent of my sins. I've made a mess of my life because I've been trying to run it my way. And something's been said today that's gotten my attention and I realize I need to, I need to give control over to you. Forgive me of my past and my wrongdoings. The wrongdoings I've known about and the wrongdoings I didn't even realize were wrong. I, I submit them to you and I, I ask you to forgive me. Now, Jesus, come into my heart today. Holy Spirit, empower me to be able to please you and to live for you. Let me live by faith from this day forward, receiving the grace that was released at the cross of Jesus Christ. I place my faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Can we welcome these and congratulate them on a wonderful life decision today?
if you had your hand lifted up and if you have the time and if you're interested, I'm going to stand right down here and I would love to not only meet you and hug you and welcome you, but I would also like to give you a little book that we call Fresh Start. And it's just a simple little book to help you make better decisions going forward than maybe those you've made in your past. And I count it an honor to pray with you today. I want you to know I love you. Let's live on point. Let's make an impact. Let's make a difference in our world, everybody. May God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.